0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, a member FDSE. Buckeyes now on Sports Illustrated continues the coverage of the 2021 Ohio State Buckeyes with this latest episode of Buckeye Breakdown. Along with Brett Hiltbrand, I'm Brendan Gulick, and uh, the Buckeyes just wrapped up practice number eight and I guess it was uh, media viewing session number four here at the beginning of camp. Uh, a couple of nice instances early in camp, Brett, for the media to watch. Unfortunately, there's only one of those uh, left on the schedule the rest of the way, and so we will continue to talk with players and coaches post practice. We are running out of chances to see the team in person, so we will have to get all of our uh, have to get all of our observations in as quickly as possible here. The, uh, over the next, uh, I guess, now one remaining session.
1: Um, yeah, and then our favorite part of the preseason, which is wild speculation <laughs> time. So it after is that. that is, it's it it's is, the wild west,
0: no doubt. And uh, <laughs> one of those groups that I think has had a lot of speculation is the linebacking group because they lost four guys from a year ago, and and now it's going to be an entirely new group. We'll spend the majority of uh, of, of our time today talking about linebackers. But the biggest news out of camp today, uh, I think we have to at least acknowledge it up front. Although I certainly don't think it's a huge deal. You can't just assume these things. Um, But there were a few players that were notably not on the practice field this morning, including Thayer Munford, who is, I I have to imagine, going to be a captain this year. Um, He is certainly one of the leaders of the offense and the leader of that offensive line group. Uh, He was not on the practice field this morning. Neither were a couple of defensive linemen, Tyreek Smith and Jaron Cage, and uh, obviously Garrett Wilson, who is a star-wide receiver. Uh, Garrett was working sort of off on on an adjacent practice field, working with a couple of guys who are um, battling some injuries. I don't think it's fair to think that any of those four guys are necessarily hurt. Um, Ryan Day even used the words pitch count, I think, at one point within the last week or so to – to essentially, you know, talk to uh the point that look, we're trying to you know, manage the load of some of these guys, they're putting pads on, they're finally hitting again. The idea is not to beat each other up and and you know, get unhealthy while trying to toughen everybody up and get ready for the opener. So, I don't think we need to read too deep into it, but a couple of notable names that were not at practice today.
1: It's also like 90 some degrees in Columbus right now. And the humidity has to be pretty high as well. So I think that is a factor for sure. Um, you know, I, I kind of think we, uh, you know, I think this is a, another byproduct of not getting to watch the team practice a lot and that you kind of, we, 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 just jump into, you know, those initial observations, but at the same time, I, I don't think it's necessarily a stretch to, to ask the questions as to why. Um, or even wonder out loud uh, uh, about, you know, potential reasons, uh, you know, for some of these guys. But I I think, um, you know, especially with what we saw from the offensive line and how we talked about, uh, you know, talked about them, you know, the last time we, we, uh, you know, had the chance to chat. I think we talked about the O line for almost 30 straight minutes. And then a handful of days later, Thayer Munford's uh, not even in practice. So you have to kind of wonder a little bit, but uh, all in all, I, I, I think, what you said, uh, you know, in reference about what Ryan Day mentioned about pitch counts and kind of managing this, I, I do think, uh, and we're we're I think that's something that's in the forefront of of a lot of uh, college football coaches now, and and certainly is is a much more recent trend than than you know certainly in years past and decades past. That like this is something that you actually have to be. Uh, almost at the forefront in a lot of ways of what you are concerned with, especially in these kind of dog days of, of football camp. So uh, the fact that that's even kind of a, a priority that he feel or a priority and something that he feels comfortable mentioning to the media at large, I think in in a lot of ways is a good thing because that's something that they're, they're taking into account when it comes to kind of the health and well being of these players. I mean, uh, I, just a handful of days ago, how, we, we had, we saw a, a Virginia Union over in Richmond. A, a player passed out and passed away in the middle of practice. So I think this is something that, uh, when it comes to kind of managing, uh, you know, the health and well-being of these guys, especially in really hot conditions, when the coaches are making that an emphasis, an added emphasis, in and in a higher priority, that's a good thing.
0: There is also a sentiment now that you know we're we're really in the dog days of camp. For sure. uh, Haskell Garrett even kind of tweeted something to that effect of, you know, I have no idea what day it is anymore. Sun up, sundown, play football, work out, go to team meetings, repeat, repeat, repeat. Shower, wake up. Yeah, It'll yeah, be, You know uh, there's no class for these guys until the 24th. Um, obviously the summer session of class ended pretty recently here. I think last weekend was graduation. Um, so, you know, the perfect time to have camp is – when you can do all football all the time here for a handful of weeks, and then, you know, you throw the academic component back into it uh, coming up. So um, obviously it's, it's a mental challenge as much as it is a physical challenge right now on these guys as they try to get ready for the year. Uh, And again, I don't want to make too much of it because Ohio state is really tight lipped um, on, you know, player health and safety and, try to be respectful of that. And, and um, you know, they're not going to answer questions about that anyways, even if they were asked. So um, notable that they weren't at practice, no idea and and not fair to speculate if they're injured or not, but hopefully everybody is, is in good shape, especially because Saturday is a big day and Saturday is a day where the team's going to scrimmage. And I think we're going to really start to have some answers uh, emerging for some of these position battles I think there's a decent chance we may know next week who the starting quarterback's going to be, might even be early next week. Um, could be late next week. Ryan Day, you know, kind of referenced that, uh, you know, perhaps it would be the end of next week, but I, I think coming out of Saturday scrimmage, they'll probably have a pretty good idea of who that quarterback number one is going to be. Um, but today we're talking linebackers because we got to talk to linebackers. We got to talk to L Washington. So let's talk about some things that, um, we don't have to speculate on because we, we were asked uh, able to ask some questions and and certainly heard some answers from some of these guys. Um, why don't we start without Washington? He was obviously the the topic of a lot of conversation in the off season around whether or not he was going to stay a Buckeye um, obviously thrilled that he is here and now he's he's been in the program for uh, three years so a chance for these guys to hear similar messaging and now this group of players, that had struggled to find some playing time because of all the upperclassmen that were on the field um now it's it's their time to shine and I think the biggest thing I took away Brett is that they are one really hungry group oh uh, completely
1: yeah uh and and also I think they are probably the uh, the the group that needs maybe the the most motivation uh, coming into this camp and beyond simply because of how much playing time is basically up for a competition right now, right? I, I, if you think of the four guys that Ohio State lost at that position to the NFL, we're talking probably somewhere in the range of like 125 games, 140 games of experience between those four combined. That is now gone to the next level, and you have to then supplement that at a position where that has had a, a little bit of turnover. And if you actually think about kind of the, the, the position groups with Ohio State uh, over the last 10 years, defensive coordinator is, is one of those spots where there has been a handful of regimes. Going back to Greg Schiano. now you have Kerry Combs in there. Uh, and, and schematically, what they have asked linebackers to do over the last five, six, seven, eight seasons has varied a lot year to year to year, despite some consistency in that position during that time. So I do think that it's a room where a lot of the assignments have changed. Uh, I think the, the guys that were kind of projecting uh, who will play a lot this season have seen a lot of different things schematically. And so... Uh, what they, what they kind of, uh, come out and look like, uh, this season will, is also a bit of a question mark in some ways. I, I, am I'd be very, very, very interested, uh, to kind of see some of the, uh, assignments where their eyes are, what gaps they're, they're lining up in, um, you know, coverages, all that sort of thing. So it's, it's a fascinating bit of, of, uh, position competition right now in many ways that I actually think is, is as interesting, if not more interesting than the quarterback. Battle.
0: Well, and and there's a decent chance that their base defense is only going to involve two linebackers. And so you might not even see three guys on the field at the same time, depending on, you know, how often or if they decide to, to really utilize the bullet position this year. Um, Dallas Gant kind of, danced around it a little bit, didn't really say I'm a hundred percent or that I'm not a hundred percent. He just sort of gave the inclination that by the time the season starts, that, that he's going to be ready to go. But obviously it's been a challenging ride for him, especially these last 12 months. Um, I think Taraja Mitchell has a really good chance to be, you know, a, a, a starter, if not at least a big contributor this year. I think he's got a lot of attention, there's a lot of people talking Cody Simon right now, and and the uh, talent that he brings to that room. Um, th- those guys in particular, I think, have kind of risen to the top of that position group.
1: Yeah, for sure. And you know, it's 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 I think one of the reasons why it's so in- interesting is we're talking about two to two and a half sp- spots of consistent playing time starters, right? There, there might be that third third linebacker, depending on uh, offensive personnel, what you see from opponents uh, from Ohio State, whether or not that third linebacker gets on the field. Um, So you're talking about those two to two and a half spots, right? And then on top of that, we're also, for those open positions, we're mentioning like what, like six, seven guys, Steel Chambers is another one that you you heard his name mentioned a lot uh, as a guy who came over from running back, now playing linebacker uh you know it, it's it's kind of crazy in a lot of ways i think mitchell is probably one of those dudes that uh in my mind has you know the really high floor high ceiling that you're looking for in an ohio state linebacker that uh you know because of because of this school's and uh, and teams uh you know tradition at that position i think he's one of those dudes that that certainly kind of fits the mold uh in my mind of being you know, the, the next guy to be able to, you know, kind of jump into that spot. Tommy Eichenberg, you know, go cat, San Ignatius uh, reference. It, you know, we talked about him and and his ability and, and a guy who I think has a really high ceiling and whether or not you get him reps early to try and build towards that. He's one of those dudes there. It, it's it's going to be a fascinating couple of weeks. Um to see how they kind of sort that out and, and that scrimmage uh, this weekend is probably where you are going to see the biggest uh, you know bit of evidence as to kind of who are the leaders in these spots. And then I would guess that there, there will probably be a pretty good line of demarcation, so to speak of guys who are going to see the field and guys who won't. And that scrimmage will be a good indication as to kind of which group is which or which guys are in which group.
0: Talked with Tommy Eichenberg for a few minutes uh, after he was done addressing the media as a whole. Um, certainly enjoyed following him. And and as an Ignatius guy, I, I got to know him a little bit when he was even back in high school, followed his older brother, Liam, who had a fabulous career at Notre Dame and is still playing. Um It's, it's just funny to watch Tommy in the sense that, you know, a lot of this NIL stuff, all of the, you know, big personality building your brand, all that fluff. Tommy is none of it. This Mm -hmm. kid, he's very polite. He's, he's a nice likable guy. Every coach, Always brings his name up and, and talks about how hard he works and the respect that he's earned from his teammates. He just wants to play football, and and it's just funny to watch him in a media setting where it's not his forte, and that's fine. Um, but you know, some of these guys are are um, extremely willing to to be open with the media and and to talk at length about things. And, and Tommy's he's just cut and dry to the point, and you know let me go back out into the field and hit somebody. I mean, that's, it's just funny to watch him. He's, he, he just looks a little uncomfortable in the chair, uh, but it's, he, man, he he's got a chance to be really, really good. And look, linebacker at Ohio state is a big deal. Historically, yeah. that's a, that's a position that has a lot of, a lot of star power. A lot of people, you know, think back generations of remembering watching their favorite linebackers of the past. And in a lot of ways, I think Tommy fits that mold. So I, you know, I guess personally, I hope he gets the opportunity to to go out and show that.
1: I, I think I think what you just described in in Tommy is like the prototypical Chuck Kyle like <laughs> football player kind of mold that you see uh, him produce. Chuck Kyle, of course, the head coach at St. Ignatius, uh, Hall of Famer, um, legendary high school football coach here in, in the state of Ohio. He's that's like the prototypical guy that they that like is kind of like his his type of football kind of mind and player uh and that's about maybe the highest compliment you can give uh in a lot of ways to an ohio high school football player um one one thing about linebacker in uh former house linebacker joshua perry was the one who kind of told me this and kind of imprinted this in my brain and it it's hit me like a title it hit me like a title wave when he said it because if you play linebacker at ohio state if you are a starting linebacker at ohio state you are more likely than not to be a captain at least one year. And I think about that for a second, like if, so not only are you, you know, obviously playing maybe, maybe arguably the position at which Ohio state is most notably known for churning out players to that next level. Okay. In that position group, that's big responsibility. One, two, you're going to, probably more likely than not be a captain of the Ohio State Buckeyes because of 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 what you did to win that starting job is in a lot of ways emblematic of the qualities you want a captain to represent you're probably there's a toughness
0: to that position and to those guys that that can really fire up a team
1: right and and also it's it's a toughness it's a you know you're you are very much um you know the leader of, of the defense so to speak I, I mean jordan fuller in years past was the guy who kind of took took sign uh signs from the sideline and got everybody lined up he was one of the first dbs to ever do that at ohio state and there's a reason why he's making you know good buku money in the nfl right now uh but but traditionally it's the linebackers that are the ones who are who are getting those signals the captain of the defense so to speak and then and then getting every kind of everybody kind of lined up and 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 gap contain and all of that and so th- there's a lot riding on this competition in a lot of ways for me that that will in in that will undoubtedly influence the direction and the success that this Ohio State team has on the field and in many ways off the field as well how how well they kind of manage you know some of the craziness that is going to be all of this season with uh, you know name and likeness and how. You know, things are going to be a little bit different. So, whoever wins this job will have th- these jobs will have absolutely positively earned it in a lot in an environment that would be different than years past. So, it's if it's Dallas, Gann, if it's Mitchell, Kayvon Pope is another guy that I think we we, we think maybe could jump in there. Uh, who knows? I, I really don't have a good sense as to kind of who's going to be the, the guys exactly.
0: Well, we uh, haven't even, but there's a them. ton of
1: depth there too, which I think is a good sure,
0: one. and and athleticism. Um, there, there's a name we haven't brought up yet that Buckeye fans are certainly hoping he'll be on the field, but Palier Nateote, um, the, the USC transfer who has yeah. been with Ohio state now in camp, working out, you know, in pads and, and hoping that his transfer is going to be allowed by the NCAA. Um, Al Washington today basically said they're still kind of in a holding pattern and, you know, uh, trying to balance appropriately the amount of reps that Palier gets in, you know, a team setting, um, simply because they're not sure if he's going to be available. Right, you can't give him no reps, but you also right. don't want to have him dominate all the opportunities either. But he, he spoke quite highly of Pallier's, uh character and work ethic, and, and basically said this is the, this is the exact kind of guy that they want in their room. So, and and that's know, a like guy who has.
1: A ton of playing experience, uh, sure. probably, uh, you know, what, two seasons worth, so 20-some games probably with SC. I know that the concussions are a little bit of an issue there and something that they have to kind of keep an eye on, and that was a big reason, uh, you know, why we didn't see him, uh, you know, the the last season in addition to kind of the transfer stuff. But that's a five-star dude, right, yeah. who, you know, has a super high ceiling and and, and a really high floor as well. And so if he sees the field, you would probably have extremely, you know, Buckeye fans would probably have extremely high expectations, uh, you know, for him. So there are there are a lot of a lot of guys here that we that we kind of think are are gonna have a pretty good shot. And maybe it's a linebacker by committee a little bit. I think um I could see a scenario in which you know Al Washington and Kerry Combs kind of dream up this kind of like personnel by personnel type groupings where like certain you might have like one constant linebacker and then other guys get on the field depending on what personnel you see uh you know your opponent trod out there and that requires your coaching staff to be really organized and everyone on the same page we'll see if they do that you know it's 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 a it's a fascinating couple months uh or a couple weeks here uh until this first game
0: you know you mentioned steel chambers name and obviously he's garnered some attention with a position switch um I love his size. I loved his physicality as a running back. Um I don't know if the room was perhaps just a little too crowded for him at running back for him to get consistent touches. Mm-hmm. I think based on who's currently in the room right now at running back and what the you know the change looks like at linebacker, he probably has a better chance to get on the field as a linebacker. Um he was pretty open today as well, but I I don't know. I, I, I hope he gets some opportunities. He's, like I said, he's an athletic physical kid. Um, I just wonder if he's a little bit behind the eight ball uh, compared to a group that, you know, may have two, three years worth of, you know, constantly repping at that position. Not that he can't catch up, but I, I just wonder if it's going to be difficult for him to get on the field consistently uh, as a linebacker right now.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I I think the only, in many ways, perhaps the only way you would see him get like consistent time is this is if he's next to two other guys who are you know kind of you know recruited to play linebacker. Um, you know, if he's next to those dudes, one and two, there are other injuries that are keeping guys from that spot. Um, and you know, I think that's that's part of it um for sure but you know in in a lot of ways too i think we see kind of this that switch uh that offense to defense switch is not something we see a ton of in college football um i'm trying to think the last like the last linebacker that i can think of to go from defense to offense um gosh would be uh Zach Boren is probably the last one that I can think of off the top of my head going in and playing fullback after a couple of years at linebacker, uh, fullback slash running back um, for Ohio State. Um, but yeah, I mean, I yeah, it's you know, I think I think linebacker is one of the few positions in football where you can make it as complicated or as simple as you want to be. I think like if you think about what we've seen. Defensive coordinators at Ohio State in the past ask of these guys. Greg Schiano asked a lot of of linebackers. They were responsible for a couple multiple things pre-snap, and then uh, and, and a lot of times the reactions post-snap were maybe a little bit slow uh, because of that. Um, you know, Madison was a little bit less. So I think it, they freed guys up to maybe be a little bit more uh, quote unquote, like football players. And it was more of a read and react type, uh, situation relying upon, you know, east west speed, uh, and, and then kind of shutting down one side of the field. So, um, you know, that'll, that'll be interesting as well. And I think in a lot of ways they will tailor the, you know, the, the, whatever personnel in which they decide who starts, they'll tailor then the game plan to that. So we are going to find out some answers at linebacker here. I, I would think pretty soon.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, let's next wrap. next few days. For let's
0: sure. let's wrap with uh, a, a listener question here from El Sue Zabo: Is Ewers arriving today? I heard he was. Uh, many of us have heard that that Quinn was scheduled to arrive today in Columbus. Um, the best answer I can give you is that we spent about two and a half hours this morning at the facility, and to our knowledge, he was not yet there. Uh, was not on the practice field this morning. And in the time after practice, at least where we were publicly able to see things, uh, Quinn was not around. So uh, I would imagine it's not gonna be much longer before he gets on campus. There were several reports that uh, Quinn would be in Columbus here today. Uh, perhaps it wasn't until later today or, or maybe it gets bumped back a day, but either way, uh, by all accounts, Quinn Ewers should be in Columbus real soon. And again, I, I think it's worth repeating um, I'm not really sure if he's going to factor in, you know, for for at least the first few games this year uh, at the quarterback spot. I just think he's got an awful lot to catch up on and kind of figure out. Um, not to say that he would never take a snap at some point this year. I think it's possible he could get into a game. Um, I think he was largely coming to Columbus to capitalize on an nil opportunity and uh, basically get a jump start on trying to win the job next year. Um, that's, that's sort of my understanding of his approach. Um, and I certainly don't blame him for taking it. Uh, if someone offered me a big pile of cash, I'd probably do the same thing. <laughs> um, so did not yeah. see Quinn Ewers today, but would think very soon that, uh, he'll
1: be Yeah, and, and if you, and if you happen to, to watch our most recent, uh, or listen to our most recent, uh, uh broadcast podcast of, uh, we, we mentioned how, um, I believe and I think you agreed to to a certain extent that what he is doing is a is the first kind of step in a trend that I think we're going to see a lot more of in in high school slash college football uh, and and almost certainly college basketball, uh, where guys will skip a year to basically catch, you know, skip that final year of high school, be in position to graduate early. Uh, to be able to cash in on name and likeness money and, and kind of get a running start uh, into uh, you know that kind of uh, crazy you know race and and um, that's our new reality here in in covering college sports. I think that's uh, and 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 college recruiting especially. And so I think that's he he's going to be maybe the the first domino, so to speak, and and what might be a long line of uh, crazy fun and adventure over the next few years.
0: Yeah, we can we can certainly spend some time, uh, you know, looking back on it as they happen. I am more of the opinion that it's it's going to be um, more few and far between on a grand scale, but it's going to feel like a lot because it's going to be the highest recruited kids. For so sure. it, it's going to feel sure. like it's in front of you quite a bit. Um, but actually, I, I just read something today um, from Open Doors that, um, um, and I wasn't ready to talk about this, so I don't have the numbers <laughs> in front of me, but essentially uh, the monetary value of college athletes that have already taken part of the uh, you know, NIL opportunities outside of the best of the best, most notable football players, is extremely minimal the amount of money that they've made off of it and yet all you hear is you know hey Alabama's quarterback's going to make a million bucks hey this kid's going to leave high school early because he can make a million dollars hey Miami's quarterback Derek King is you know already uh, already brought in 250,000 dollars etc cetera, etc cetera. it's going to be at the forefront of the conversation because it's newsworthy but I think it's going to be uh, a little overblown at first, and I do think there will be kids come out of high school that uh, want to capitalize on it. But hey, look, I, I, I'm just speaking from my personal experience and from schools that I have known and been around and followed closely. The, the opportunity to graduate early from high school hasn't been there, isn't really even a conceivable thing. And I think it's a heck of a lot easier to talk about a kid leaving college early Than someone leaving high school early because you got to fulfill your graduation requirements. And that's, that's the bigger monkey in this, uh, in this equation,
1: I think. And I, and, and we mentioned this too, that I, and I, I, we both, I think vehemently agree on this. We emphatically agree that there is also something to the kind of life aspect of, of, going to school for that senior year of high school and the maturity sure. and, and, and uh, you know, the, the maturing that people are able to do over the course of that time and what that might mean. And uh, you know, for you, for, for players and, and adjustments and all of that. And so um, it, I think it'll absolutely be, excuse me, be a trend that we're going to see. It's not going to be a tidal wave for sure. Just simply because it's not uh you know, I I don't think the market is necessarily demanding that. Uh, and, and so, you know, you're you're not going to fill, you know, there isn't going to be the supply of a ton of high school kids because there isn't just a demand for them, but, um, there will be the occasional guy who does it. And then when they do, it'll be, uh, it'll be big news across the landscape of college sports.
0: So to put a bow on today, Taraja Mitchell said that, uh, that position group uh, is hungry and tired of reading that they're the big question mark. And they are very <laughs> much eager to go out and prove that this is a group ready to go out and compete right now and try to win a national championship. Uh, Al Washington loves the competitive spirit within his guys. And uh, even though the assumption is typically that when a big number of players out of a position group graduates or is drafted that there is suddenly something lacking or wrong with the position group. Never have I gotten that sense from Al Washington that he's hesitant about this group simply because Pete Warner, Tuff Borland, Justin Hilliard, Baron Browning aren't here anymore. He he certainly gives the impression that he's got a group that thinks they're ready to rock.
1: And, and think about this, the final thought from this one, with, with what all Ohio State accomplished a season ago with a linebacking group that had a ton of experience, if you look at the analytics, especially the tackling uh, numbers, Ohio State, the, the Ohio State defense, while having a pretty impressive pass, pass rush, was not a great tackling team. And yet, on top of that, they did everything that they did a season ago. If you're able to get a couple of hungry guys in there who are flying around and, and almost foaming at the mouth to be out there on the field, I think that's good things for Scarlet and Gray going forward. Well, they certainly have a heck of a
0: heck of a defensive line that's going to do a great job, I think, against the run this year, and and uh, a group of linebackers that are ready to back them up nicely. So, uh, we'll continue our coverage along the way. Tomorrow is actually going to be um more eventful than we thought from the standpoint that there is media availability tomorrow instead of Saturday uh, we're going to speak tomorrow with the tight ends instead of Saturday with the tight ends uh, so we'll hear from tight ends coach and offensive coordinator Kevin Wilson tomorrow and we'll chat with them after uh, after their morning practice it'll probably be something like 10 45 uh, 11 o'clock when we hear from those guys tomorrow but in the meantime uh, we'll continue uh, to cover the Buckeyes over on BuckeyesNow.com, the Buckeye Breakdown podcast available anywhere that you get your podcasts. And, of course, please subscribe to our YouTube channel if you like this video content. We've got lots more planned for the coming season. For Brett Hillbrand, I'm Brendan Gulick. See you soon. The Buckeyes continue their preparations for 2021.